This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Changes the way that things happen in history. So I'm going to give you a little story, a background on cave diving. I'm not a cave diver, but there's a little history that's involved that relates to it. Anybody that scuba dives have read something on cave diving at some point, so I'm not classifying myself as the expert. I've only done cavern diving, um, and throughout my scuba diving history, uh, it's either I didn't have the time and had the money, or I, I had the time and didn't have the money. It costs a lot of money um, and time commitments to uh, learn how to t- conduct cave dives um, correctly. So, but speaking of that, so there, we had scuba throughout the year. Or so and back, I mean, the Navy was uh, starting to do scuba diving because of the Navy divers, which eventually moved to seals and diving, but, and salvage divers and the list goes on. There's a lot of history there, but I, what I want to do is talk about changes that occur to make life better or move into a different direction. So I know back and I don't, don't mark uh, how, what year it is. I, I'm not really sure, but Scuba is obviously a high-risk sport, um, but uh, it's a leisure sport. A lot of people enjoy it, and it's a lot of fun. And the injuries are far less today than ever before. But there was a period of time where it kept escalating, especially in cave diving, and especially in Florida, because that's they call it cave country. But So there was a group of guys that, because mostly it was men back in the day that would scuba dive. There was a few women. Um, today it's a lot more diversified. But equipment had changed because of concerns that were happening in caves. And uh, we have pressure gauges for years in open water shipwreck diving or Caribbean diving. We never, they never had gauges. So it's like not driving a car without a gas gauge. What they had was what they called a J valve and the J valve had a switch on it. And when you got low on air or you started feeling resistance, you reach back and there's a lever you pull and it switches, pulls the lever down Uh, And then it opens up and then you have enough air to get to the surface. And that worked for a lot of time. It was actually called J-Valve because it was item number J in the catalog back in like the 60s. And that's a true story. And then they had the K-Valves, which is item right after it, which didn't have the switch. And so eventually they had to figure out something because the problem with cave diving is these valves would get bumped in the middle of the cave without people knowing it. And then when they reach back and try to pull the lever... Um, the lever was already down, so they used everything in their tank. And so they came out with K-valves, which don't have the valves or the switches, and then they added pressure gauges. So it's like a gas gauge. So it increased the safety. They also um, started adding another, they call alternate regulator or a secondary regulator, and that's for your buddy in case he runs out of air or she runs out of air. Um, The other thing is they increased communication skills. They adapted some sign language underwater. That increased its safety. The rule of thirds came into play, so uh, you won't breathe any more than one-third of your tank, so you have one-third to get out, and you have one-third for your buddy in case he runs out of air if you have problems. Line handling was definitely uh, implemented because you could get lost in caves. You get lost in shipwrecks, right? Shipwreck penetration is not um, an uh, open skill. It's definitely uh, very intense and elite, um, and I would not recommend it unless you go through training. The other thing they did is they changed some of the kicks, um, how they do it, so they don't stir up the silt inside the cave. So today, they, they, they definitely made some changes. Um, even the pressure gauges are getting more digital, and they're getting transmitters, so you can actually wear it on your wrist, and you don't have a hose. makes it easier for 
a lot of cave diving and I know I'm talking about cave but it transfers over to recreational diving so a lot of things that happen in one arena ends up moving to another arena to make things a lot easier and it makes um, in this case scuba diving a lot more fun um, because there's more success rate and it's more comfortable because you know you have less to worry about because information's already there and uh, equipment's there for your own safety and even though benefits I'm not referring to as safety, but some of the business models are changing. And so some of the things are taking place to actually give employers better opportunities to consult or receive consultation on their benefits um, package for their employees. Change has to start somewhere. So I'm actually going to go back in time and some of the people listening to this podcast may relate to this. Some of them, some people may not even know that Blockbuster ever um, existed for the movie business, but but in the movie business, the rental business specifically, um, Blockbuster was the, the big national chain that allowed you to go rent uh, DVDs back then, VHSs. I remember those days you go pick your movies on Thursday or Friday and watch them for the weekend and return them next week. Got to make sure they're rewound because otherwise you could find a buck uh, for them to rewind it. And then Netflix came into picture. Netflix did direct mail um, uh, DVD rentals. You just basically pick them out online and they shipped it to your door and your mailbox and then they had a return envelope so that you could return it uh, without any po- extra postage fees. It worked like a charm and competed with Blockbuster to the point where they had to start downsizing. And then streaming, movie streaming came into play and it was a game changer because Blockbuster wasn't ready for it. It reminds me a lot of other companies in history uh, that I would love to talk about at some point, like Motorola was one of those where they were huge in the analog that captured 90-something percent of the analog space. Digital came into play, and uh, they thought they dominated that space so much they didn't have to do it, and now Motorola is broken up into multiple pieces, and it's not um, as big as it used to be. They're still strong, but nothing like it used to be. Kodak was another one. They were the first one to develop their own digital camera, and then they put it on the shelf and other competition got in the way. And then, and then uh, they're tearing down buildings in New York because to reduce their property taxes to save money. So, um, so change uh, comes all the time. So Netflix uh, tried to pull a business model of separating the DVD rentals from the online streaming. And the world backlashed on it. And so they, they didn't want that. So they kind of reverted back to where it was part of the same package, the DVD rental and online streaming. Today, it's definitely separate and it changes the game because there's people that still want DVDs and there's people that don't care about DVDs. I know in my household, any DVD that we've ever had has gotten damaged, thrown out, cracked in some capacity, but I also have four boys. And so they're ruthless in many ways. And so the online streaming means that anytime I want to watch a movie, it's already available. Um, I don't have to go searching for it. It's not lost. It's not broken. It's not scratch up and skipping while I'm watching it. Um, it's ready to rock. And so, but Netflix try to separate these businesses and they're two different types of customers. In the benefits industry, there's something similar occurring. Not exactly. There's change coming for sure. And we talk about it on this podcast, especially in the business model where how brokers are being compensated. Now we have disclosures we have to give if we make more than $1,000 off of account, whether it's direct or indirect compensation. A lot of these big shops receive bonuses that are tied to your accounts. They're not disclosed previously. Uh, They may have been showing up on a 5,500 reporting if there was ties to it, but most of the time they figured out ways to get, get around it. And years ago, they separated the commissions 
only to avoid disclosing it on the 5500 because they wanted to hide it and employers had no idea what the broker is paying but most of the time they feel like we're collecting the premiums for ourselves, and we got the rolls royce sitting out back and um and we got this fancy watch that's worth more than some people's house which is completely not true but there's compensation models there's industry re- regulations that are coming so there's change everywhere and so we've been compensated for our time through commissions built into the premiums for many, many, many years. And in some cases, we were grossly overpaid, depending on the insurance agent that was consulting with you. But um, other ones are are probably underpaid for a lot of the work. So even if you're a 1,000 employees strong, in some cases, the benefit package on the commission only was probably not enough to cover their expenses uh, for servicing your account. And so the Affordable Care Act made a ton of more changes on small and mid-sized companies uh, for our business models, and in some cases, drastically reduce the commissions that we receive. And so now all of a sudden, we're there's a new model, and we are now, I don't know, so it started in 2014, so we're in 2022, so we're talking about eight years in the making, and our commissions actually have not changed since 2014. And so now we're faced with inflation at the, at the same time, when our revenue really hasn't changed unless you added employees. Well, our income is driven off of that, but our advice um, has become more valuable as time goes on, but somehow we're still compensated the same. By having the transparency, that helps because now you respect our time a little bit more. Some businesses, um, once I started disclosing our revenue or commission directly related to their company, a lot of them actually end up calling and apologizing and asked um, us to actually tell them to do or suggest more work for them instead of us. And so they respected our time a lot more, which is really the benefit of it for our own sake. And then they at least know how much we get paid. We're not collecting the premiums and uh, driving a sports car and traveling the world um, on their premium dollars. So basically breaking out line items on on a report or even a memo that says well, what we're getting paid. Some of it's based on a commission model. So you might see a disclosure saying that we, we get paid on average $30 per head. Well, you have to do the math. If you've got 100 employees, times that by 30, and then that's what we make on a monthly basis. Um, and so... Initially, it might say, hey, that's a lot of money, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of work that goes involved that lead into it. And so that's where I think the business model is going to change for the insurance agent as well as the employer because they're going to have different expectations going forward. If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. In our world, uh, our, one of our bigger competitors out there is, is payroll companies. But the problem with payroll companies is they don't really start new plans or benefit packages. They do, but 
not to the degree that insurance brokers do, um, 90%, and I'm making up that number, but a lot of their business, um, benefits business, um, gets um, moved over to payroll companies by an agent of ch- uh, or change of agent letter. And so you sign off on it, they become the agent of record, they're collecting the commissions on that policy. What you lose is the consulting side. And so they don't consult, they throw you the renewal, here it is, they'll update the premiums in, their, in the payroll. Um, they're going to streamline the process and integrate, uh, the, integrate your systems between payroll and benefits. Seems like a no-brainer in a lot of ways because they take care of a lot of stuff that you were manhandling. Um, it, uh, you know, they, they, again, the payroll part, part of it, the integration, employees can go on and pick their own benefits. You, um, they notify the insurance companies. Sometimes it's electronic, sometimes it's manually, um, but they're doing the service part of it. But when the renewal comes, a lot of times they don't consult. They just, in fact, you, you may even have to request the copy of the renewal. They're not, some of them are not willing to provide it to you until you request it. I don't know why that is. It's probably lazy employees more than anything. I don't think that's a standard, but it could be. What happens is you get the renewal, but you don't get options. You don't say, okay, my company grew by 10 employees. What changes? Or my company decreased by 10 employees. What changes? Um, all you get is the blanket copy of the renewal. They may transfer some of the data to a spreadsheet if they're a little bit more motivated, make it look like they're actually doing something for you. Um, And you just get this side-by-side comparison, but really that's about the extent of it. So where are your options? How do you know you're getting the best uh, deal? How do you know you're you're headed in the right directions as far as benefit packages go. Um, you usually don't. And so what I believe what's going on in our industry is that there's a divide that's uh, occurring where the administration of benefits is getting separated from the consultation side of it. And so for years, we got paid for consultation and administration all in one. And I think that's where our tipping point's going to be is because the employer or CFO, they're not used to paying for us. But if you look at all the other things that you get consultation on, financial, sales and growth, uh, operations, taxes, you're paying a consultant fee regardless of the process or the cost for the process. An operation consultant comes in, you still have to pay for the services that they're providing or recommending or where you're moving. Maybe you're moving platforms, moving CRMs, maybe you're paying for integration. Those are all separate from the consultation. And I believe what's going to happen, or in, and it has been now, is that this is starting to separate in the consultant business for benefits. Um, because you could be with your payroll company, but you're not going to get the advice. Um, you could have the integration and the smoothness of onboarding and termination, but where's the, where's the advice to head in a different direction? Well, the payroll company just got smart and said, well, you could upgrade um, to our hr package and then you could call us for that advice right which is fine you're probably talking to a real hr professional or somebody that was trained in that field and that's fine but but um it's more again hr is hr compliance and administration of benefits in the workplace but it doesn't give you the consultant side of how do we strategize how do we cut costs or how do we move in a different direction hey are are there's are there's ways that we can control some of the a cost containment so that we can incentivize our employees to do um, other things for better outcomes, not only for their health, but for the bottom line. You're not going to get that from there. So I do think in our industry, it's starting to divide where kind of like in the movie business where 
DVD rentals, the actual DVDs are separating from the streamline, right? Uh, streaming videos. And so that's what's happening in the benefits world. The consultant's going to be separate. You're going to find brokerages out there that don't do any administration. They're going to tell you to go with your payroll company. And then you pay, they're going to charge you a flat fee, whatever that me, uh, will be, depending on the size of the company and what's involved, how much their time, their staff is doing. And if you hire them for any services in between or additional quotes or RFPs um, for, for proposals, um, depending on what it is, there's a lot that's going to um, possibly be there. But uh, the issue is going to be is that you're going to start noticing that there's a separation of, of the business model and you're going to notice that you're going to pay for a consultant fee when it comes to benefits. And this could be, will be for your benefit because then you could pay your insurance broker what they're worth for the advice. And it doesn't matter what the system is or what the carrier is. It doesn't matter any of that. But somebody needs to get paid for that. And that's why there's a commission model still there. Or, you, or you're going to have to pay a service fee in some capacity. But it's definitely going to make the change a lot more transparency and you're probably going to get better results in the end. And I think a lot of employers will look for this and then you could get consultation from multiple people and pay for their time instead of getting it free and milking them out and taking advantage of it because they're uh, in the business of trying to earn a commission. Uh, now you get hardcore advice, but you're going to pay for it. And, and I think that's good for all the businesses. And I think they're going to get better advice as they move forward with the benefit programs fighting inflation with a recession upon us and the great resonation where employees are moving, I think employees are going to need this.